0: So glad you hear all oh, the people in the front, the people in the rear. When you came to the door, you respect expecting a second. Glenn, groove, rock, the ceremony. Well, i the capital T. As you know t- they're
1: going to cut us off, Harry. Okay. Let it run, let it run, let it run. I need 45 more
0: seconds of it. any chase I'm the rhyme creator. When I say a death rhyme, freaking never hear one greater like a hip-hop, a little hip-hop, I forgot. I listen to the T-skin while I rock the spot. a catch the beat. I catch the beat. Classic. It's the It's your body.
1: I catch the beat. knows what it is. I think Chris Perry knows. Everybody on here pretty much knows what it is, man. You know, if I if we run it a minute long, they might shut us down. So we have to run <laughs> it, you know, kind of mute it and bring it back again. You know what I mean? I know y'all. Everybody want to catch the beat this morning, right? <laughs> Classic. Classic. Today is Wednesday and this is the Urban Talk Radio 103.5 FM WNHHLP where you will hear conversation, information, education, inspiration, and motivation from the American urban perspective. I am your host Kinsley Osei. My co-host Shafiq will not be here today. Uh, Today on Urban Talk Radio, you can join the conversation on Facebook at Bowminds and Twitter at Bowminds. You can also stream the show on your smartphone or computer by logging on to newhavenindependent.org. You can Catch us on every platform, and we are also streaming live on my Facebook page, Kinsley O-S-E-I. And if you do miss this show, just in case you got to get back to work, whatever it is that you're doing, we're going to share this to each and every one of our guest uh, platform as well. Today, we have the, the special edition of the Hip Hop 50th Independent Sounds Record Stores during the 90s and the 2000 era. Why is this so important? Um, I hear my daughter screaming. All right, hold on one second.
2: <laughs> <laughs> hey, that duty he never stopped. You know what I mean? That's forever. Not at all. <laughs> That, that's a beautiful thing man.
1: oh man this is what you call live radio if i was working for buck he would have been fired me like two times, <laughs> uh, <laughs> two times already <laughs> you, you'd be <laughs> on suspension right now <laughs> i think almost i think almost everybody here is a parent with the exception of uh chris furious nah nah 13 year old man oh that's right so i'm the last one here Jesus christ <laughs> the last one here <laughs> i started late but better late than never. All right. So yeah, man. Uh, so you know, today's today's shows, I think, is is really special to all of us. Um, it's 50 years. It doesn't mean it doesn't matter who started first or you know who, you know, it it, it, it doesn't really matter. Everybody on here have contributed to the culture. I've been trying to get my brother, uh um, Pat on this show for quite some time, just so that we can talk about you know his journey through retail and um and one night and i got a phone call from him the other day was a while ago i got a phone call from him and he realized that nobody was really you know doing anything about retailers and i said you know what you're right um so um since i've been trying to get him on the show and then no and i have personally been paying attention to all the festivities that's been going on and as i was watching the 50th uh anniversary show at um at a yankee stadium i'm like so nobody so far have given any recognition to even my brother, DJ just Justo, of the Mixtape Awards. And, you know, so all these ideas was just coming in. And I said, you know what? I hit pad up. I, I said, yo, let's do this. I'm going to be on vacation. I said, you know why You could chime in via Zoom. And um so, you know, I thought that I would bring in a collective of everybody that was relevant during the 90s, 2000 era. So with that being said, um here we are. I'm going to do the introduction and I'll have them reintroduce themselves. My brother DJ Buck always, always, every time I don't call him on the regular. It's always test communications until I have to really talk to him urgently. And then i pick up the phone and call him. And when he's in the meeting, he'll be like, Yo, know what? I'm in a meeting, I'll hit you back. And he always hit me back. Um, he was supposed to be in a lot of meetings today. And um, you know, he find, you know, he said, you know what? If I can, I'm gonna chime in. And Buck, you know, you've always been on my corner. I really appreciate you, and I'm glad that you're here this morning. So, who is DJ Buck? DJ Buck was um was also worked in a retail store in Providence called Skippy Uh Records. So he will reintroduce himself and talk about his time during that era. Um, I do have um uh, uh Chris Ferry. I always call him Chris Furious. He had a record store called Quiet Sounds. Um, in Southington, Connecticut, Chris Ferry actually just came off tour from with his artist, Chris Webby. Um, I think they came from, what, was it Sweden?
3: Yeah, we were in uh, uh, Finland and Sweden.
1: Finland and Sweden. All right, we're going to talk about that. Um, then, of course, we got my brother, Patrick Ricketts, who currently own um, uh, the store called Powerhouse. When he started, his uh, record store was named Hotspot, and I named him Spot because it was so tight.
0: <laughs>
1: it was so tight. He owned a haspa on East Main Street, Bridgeport, Connecticut, and then um, you know, I have my brother um, uh, um, James Lewis, um James Lewis, and um, um you know, he's always been in the in, in the uh, uh, Springfield, Massachusetts, Holyoke area, and I've always been a part of um, you know, the Connecticut market. Um, James and I have done so many things together. And the crazy part is, uh, his record store name was, yes, okay, Reflection Reflection Emporium, by the way, that's James Lewis. And the the crazy part about it is everybody on here have contributed to so many different parts of the culture. And I I just have, Connecticut, I don't think you guys have any idea what this panelist consists of, being a part of a street team, They've been DJs, um, you know, program directors, record store owners. I mean, everybody on here have, have contributed to multiple pieces of this hip-hop culture. So we have a very great panel here, and uh, so you know, I'm gonna get it, um, get it started. And um, in our absence, we have other record stores such as Records. Um, um, that's not here, my man Shakul Cross Flavor Records in New Haven. Who's not here? DJ Remarkable from colors Records. I started an invitation to some of these people, but due to the short notices and work, they couldn't be here. Rob Newberry of Madison Avenue. Uh, what was the name of Rob Newberry's store, Pat? Ah, oh, man. what's uh, Rob's store. Um, oh, I think it has... We have, uh, we have Diamond Was Records. it make it, moves? make it Moves? Yeah, Make It Moves. There it we go. Move. That's it. We have Diamond Records of uh in Hamden. That was Keith and Wicked. Uh what was the name of EL's Gem Store? Uh Rough Draft. Rough Draft. Rough Draft is not here. We have Riff Raff. This was the era before us. We had Riff Raff records in the in the alley. And now we had record brokers. And of course, my record store, catching Wreck music, which was wait, the wait, uh 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 Bridgeport. All right. E K so- Music. EK music was also before us. That was an era before us. So with that being said, if you don't understand the meaning of soundscan, independent retail stores, at some point after the same goodies and FYEs and whatnot, we were responsible for breaking new artists and making sure that the albums counted when they were sold. We were voters of billboards, I mean, um, you know, we were both voters of Grammys, um, um, you know, all that. So train. So train. So I mean, you guys don't understand how relevant this independent retail merchants was. And we were also a part of a group named The Firm, which is Family of Independent Retail Merchants. We're going to talk about all that later on. So um, to start the introduction again, Pat, re- reintroduce yourself.
2: Hey what's going on people? My name is
1: Pat Powerhouse, a Mr. Hotspot. You
2: know, um been in the game for so you know, many years, man, and love it, man. I love hip hop. Always have, always will, man. sport. Thank you. <laughs> right. Next up DJ Buck.
4: Um man, Buck from from Friday, Rhode Island. Um been a DJ, I can't even tell you when I started doing it, man. I used to be I used to play the bass guitar. I sold my bass guitar for some turntables a long time ago. And it started from there, you know, playing my playing my brother's records when he was in the army, playing with the old funkadelic records and scratching his parliament and Bootsy Collins records and just started DJing from there and gotten gotten to retail because you know I got tired of stealing money out of my mother's pocketbook to pay for the records. Okay. So when I would go to the record store, they hired me because I was there so much. You know, I was buying if you, know the, if you know the independent records the store gave, you can buy records, with this ways you can steal records. You yes. just open up the package and slip another 12-inch in there and you leave and you pay for one. They got, tired of, they got tired of me doing that. So they decided to hire me and that, that was at Rainbow Records. So I started a store, a store called Rainbow Records years ago. And then um, I got hired at Skippy White, which is um, based out of Boston. But we had a store on North Main Street in Providence. And from there, you know, I, I can tell you so much more, but that's where my retail started at.
1: Well, look like the Statue of Limitation is, is way past. So we're gonna be dropping <laughs> gems and we're gonna be we're gonna be doing some telling. The type of telling we're gonna to do today is now called snitching. Well, it's not snitching when the statue of limitation is, is over with <laughs> and DJ Buck. If I wasn't as old as you, I probably would be calling you old because the type of pictures you'd be dropping sometimes crazy. it's, it's crazy. It's it's crazy. DJ Bucks' pictures is, is different. <laughs> I'm
4: I'm, st- I'm still trying to get some pictures from my man James because he got some pictures of me that he didn't give me yet. <laughs> James got James got trees. I, I
0: told you I would never share those, but if you want me to, I will. <laughs> <laughs> talk,
4: nah, it's just it's, it's part of the man. I, I love. I since then I took a picture with a lot of people. I just ha- I happen to have a lot of them still. It's just history. I try to keep that part of history to remind me where I came from. Keep me grounded too. You know. And that's
1: that's why I got those. You uh, you just like me. The uh, difference between us is you keep a real professional camera uh, now because of the phone's quality. I don't even keep professional camera, but we love taking pictures. We the ones that annoy everybody because we want to take a picture. We just want to document everything. We are continuously making that doc, doc, uh, making documentary in our mind when we are taking pictures. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You know? So uh, yes, Chris Ferry, int- reintroduce yourself.
3: Uh, Chris Fury from Southington, Connecticut. I've been in the business for, I don't know, 22 years-ish. Kingsley kind of birthed me into this thing. So, uh, started with mixtapes and radio and just kind of moved forward with artists and labels and everything else. So, still here.
1: That is awesome, man. I'm glad to um to hear that we all started um somewhere, you know. Um th- the question is always gonna be, you know, how did you start in this game? And it's funny because Buck introduced himself and just went right in before that question can even uh be asked. Because in this hip hop thing, you know, we have the culture vultures and it's always important to know where you came from, how, why, and um, you know, why you, sh- you should have a, a voice right now not just because you are relevant, but did you just come in and hustle the game or you really came in the game with the love for the culture? That's so important. Um, James Lewis, uh, reintroduce yourself, please.
0: Uh, James Lewis, let's see, uh, creator of uh, Bear Promotions, uh, lifestyle marketing back in the day. But I I started carrying records for the Soul Communicator back in the late 70s when hip-hop was first starting. So, you know, from that, coming back and doing lifestyle marketing with you with a bunch of different labels and working from different uh, record stores, Main Music, Music Center. When I lived in California, the Music Shack, and then eventually opened my own store, Reflections Emporium, saying that, you know, we needed more sound scan stores in the market to to get artists to come through and to show that, you know, that there's um, people that are looking for shows and entertainment. Started the uh, New England Tastemakers where most of us meet, you know, um, and we traveled around going to see Buck on a Monday night and there's 700 people there at a club. I'm like, who can pull 700 people on on, this, on a Monday night? I'm like, wow. You know, so, you know, hanging out and driving around New England with, with Ross and meeting all the DJs and and, and the promoters and, and just trying to bring New England together, you know, still trying to do that now with the other stuff that we're doing. And um, for me, I'm, I'm just proud to see all these guys on here still in the game, still doing stuff, even though we don't all talk. You know, we, I know when we get together or see each other is love. And, and and that's the one thing that I like about back then, as opposed to now. You know, cats were, were hungry, but everybody realized that, you know, the bigger picture is we need to all help each other.
1: That's what's up, man. Let let me make it clear. Everybody on this forum is also an award recipient of a hip-hop expression of Black history um, um, for their contribution to hip-hop music and culture, an event that we did in the city of Bridgeport. And if you recall, on the first annual, when we did that event, I recall saying that we're doing something that is going to trickle down around the country. I said, watch this. And if you realize what's going on with uh, Mayor Adams in New York, they're giving out the politicians are giving out citations all over New York. Mayor Adams is bringing in the the, the, the the drill hip-hop artists along with Ralph McDaniels to help curb the violence in the community. That is something that we started in 2017. DJ Buck has been there um, almost every year, having the hip-hop and gun violence roundtable with the mayor, the chiefs, and the, the Blumenthal being um, a, a big uh, part of it. All stakeholders being there. Um, This is something that we started and I'm watching it being done across the country, especially in New York. The mayor have embraced hip hop big time in New York. And that is something that we pride ourselves to take credit for because that was not happening until uh, we did it. So congratulations to everybody uh, on this forum. James um it's been my pleasure you and I have done so much on this on uh, in terms of street team you holding down that mass market leaking into Connecticut and me being in the Connecticut market chris chris coming along also um you know somewhere down the line now let's get straight into um retail buck what do you remember about re, uh independent retail what made it so relevant to you what made it so fun and how did you know
4: I mean, I think the, con- the connection with the, the DJs, the connection with the local DJs was very, 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 um, reminds me of a community, a family. I knew everybody that came in. I knew what they wanted. When you work at a record store so long, people said they want to trust your decision. They want to trust you on what you tell them what to buy. So every customer, I knew exactly what they liked. I knew exactly what they wanted. You know, um, I remember the promo guys coming in. Like you said, you know, artists used to come through. You know, they, they had to visit those stores back then. We had Eminem come through one time when Eminem first started out. Um, no one really knew who he was. We brought him to a club in Providence, maybe six people showed up. <laughs> this was m M&M. And now look now. Right. But that's that was, in, that, that was in, in the beginning when it was important to do that because you wanted, to, you know, bring them guys, Black Moon stop by the store. So I remember all that stuff right there. I remember, you know, the, the labels fighting for placement, who wants to go on which shelf, who wants to be seen, you know. Um, I remember the white labels coming in before. That was something that we had that you couldn't get at the bigger stores. You couldn't get the white labels at the Tower Records. You couldn't get those versions. We had those special versions. You know, there were so many memories that, you know, it wasn't, it was it was a culture because it wasn't just the music in Skippy White. So we would sell Kung Fu movies. I would drive to New York and buy the Kung Fu movies and they would, they would sell off the shelf like crazy. We would sell, the mixtapes the mix were big for us, you know? I, I mean, and i remember um how many things to be sold. it was it wasn't just about the music it was about people it was like the it was like what the barber shops are today community very, very much it, it was like the barber shops where people people think barber shops are a place to get together and talk that's exactly what skippy whites was you would go in there to look for two records and end up talking to me for two hours and mm-hmm. leave it and my job was to make you leave with 10 records and you right. probably yeah. left with those 10 records. Because I would say, This yeah, yeah, you want this, but this sounds like this. Oh, this is this right here. You know, and before you know it, they're mm-hmm. happy. They spend on it. And it, it was a fun time back then. I remember there was, like you said, you know, there was things that we did. There, there were records that sold platinum records. But there were tricks to that. We'll probably get into that
2: later.
4: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't want to stop that, but you know, some of your favorite artists who sold all these records so fast.
2: It was because of us.
4: It was yeah, because of yeah. us, right? Yeah, it, because it, it was us. because of us. It was it, it was a cause back in the day. It was a singles uh-huh. game. We can get right. into that later, you know. Maxi and um, but there was so many things. It was just Maxi. it was a good time back then. Maxi singles, <laughs> Maxi singles. If you know what I'm talking about.
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know what? You know, Buck. <laughs> I remember when Buck first came into our market, and uh, Steve Sonhany introduced me to Buck. I, I wasn't <laughs> having—I wasn't having my greatest moments with. Shouts Vic, to Victor Star. We just didn't understand each other. I don't think he really understood the market. And um, you know, coming into Bridgeport, uh, coming into Connecticut, you got to program. You can't program the way programming is right now where the music is programmed all across the board throughout the country. You know, we was about that D black life. We was about that G unit. Like, this is a market that broke the G unit, the boot camp before they actually was even getting big in their own market in New York. So, Bob comes in and, you know, coming in as a DJ, coming in as somebody that worked in an independent record store, with all this, with all this qualification, he knew exactly, how to program in this market. And, um, you know, we had a very great working relationship with helping me with, you know, every artist that I needed to break, including Akon, who, um, you know, he was actually, he gets credit for being the first artist to break um Akon um, in, in, in the country before, you know, locked up, before Style Speed fell on their record. You know, I, I don't know if, you know, Gabby probably told you this story a million times, uh, 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 but I was snowing in a Gabby's house for, for the whole weekend after breaking up with my ex, heartbroken. And nice. Gabby, Gabby tortured me with illegal alien mixtape. He said, yeah, that's your cousin. That's your cousin. That's your cousin. <laughs> 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 he tortured me all weekend. He had me listening to it. That mixtape was hot. I'm not going to yeah. run. So, you yeah. know, then after the weekend, um, you know, the white label came in and, um, you know, he brought it to Flex at 197. But some somehow, you know, we did our run in... Um, Connecticut, where we went to ZMX, we went to Chasmos. You know, came to my record store. You know, he was every. He left on the Friday with the 93 T-shirt. The following Saturday, he was still wearing the shirt, going from store to store. When we did Chasmos, he was wearing the 93.7 shirt. And you know, and and I think every time Buck called him, you know, as a you know, as a loyal Africans that we are, I believe he picked up, responded to Buck. Now forgetting that, you know, 93 market was the ones that actually broke him you know broke his record and um so yeah that's just you know my accolade that i have to continuously give to um dj buck uh chris talk to us what about you uh
3: man i opened my store in 2000 so it was kind of like it was that transition part of where tapes were transitioning to cds and, and and mixed cd game uh really really took off um you know and, and and the reason I started my store I started working for a DJ out here I started running mixtapes and kind of running his his mixtapes around um, and I found Kingsley's store um and Kingsley was like man you should open up a store and and I remember I I, I didn't know what I was doing I didn't know how to do it and you broke down soundscan to me and you broke down the mixtapes to me and you broke down you know product to me you know the big thing too was a lot of our stores we always had a ton of product to give lots of free products. So you spend $20 in a store and you left with bags and posters and stickers and, you know, standees and all kinds of promo material. So for me, it was, it uh, I just remember the relationships that you had with the labels because they needed you and the relationships that you had with the artists because they needed you, you know, French Montana was coming to my store, 150 pounds soaking wet, you know, with his cocaine city, DVD stack bundles popping up at my store, Mano popping up at my store and all they wanted they wanted the list of mixtape stores. That's all they wanted. Uh, you know, and and for me, uh at that time, I, I was distributing like 30, 40 DJs. I was going down to see Kingsley and Pat seven days a week, eight you know, eight days a week out of seven days. I was going there multiple times. I was dropping off, you know, 10, 12, 15 different tapes. Um, you know, so so the retail part of it was uh important for me to start and i was around from 2000 2007 i just remember the money they spent on artists and and their faces and really trying to break them and um you know being tied in with the radio and the promoters that the store kind of the centerpiece uh of everything so and for me i i was in southington i was in a rural town and i had all these famous rappers coming to southington uh to pop in my store crazy you know you would hear about it in Waterbury or Bridgeport or New Haven I had one of the first stores in like a, a rural dominant white town um, outside of a major city so those kids at that time were eating it up eating it up and again back to Buck with the exclusives on the records and you know getting albums early getting DVDs early big Apple distribution and Galaxy distribution that were allowing us to get stuff on a Friday um, change you know, the game it was super cool, man. And and to be honest, like probably 75% of the relationships that I still have to this day were all built through the retail store. Yep.
1: In other words, you're not from the hood. You're from the woods. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I hung out in the hood. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Hey, Pat, talk to me.
2: Oh, well, yeah, man. Listen, my music been extensive, man. I started in the game as a rapper. A lot of people don't know fix, that. Fix your back phone. Back your head is
1: chopped off. Fix your phone. Your head is chopped off. There you go.
2: I'm going to sit back here.
1: Okay. Yeah, so
2: (laughs) I started in the game, you know what I'm saying, as an MC way back in the days. Uh, My love for music, you know, continued. Got to shout out Soul Sounds Incorporated, Brown Skin Brothers. Got to shout out my boy Gary. You know what I'm saying? For always keeping us strong with the beats and stuff. You know, met um, a lot of brothers, Africa, Bambada, um Jazzy J. A lot of the old school dudes, man, I, Um, was able to meet. But it always was a part of me. So um, to start, decided to start a store uh, in 96. It was on Main Music and Video. Uh, this is prior to us becoming a part of the firm. It was right on the corner of uh, Main and Garfield. You know, rocked that for a minute and, uh, you know, had an opportunity to open another store called the Hotspot. Uh, love the game, man. What can I tell you, man? Um believe it or not, Nicki Minaj used to come to my store every Friday with uh um uh, Fendi used to send her and just in the store. You know, she was just trying to get her buzz going. You know, from that to you know, the mixtape game, love that. I wish you could see those days again. I know it's going on forever, you know what I mean? But um, you know, hip hop is in my blood, man. And uh, you know, we just continued to move it forward and and you know, became powerhouse and um, you know, um just the community aspect of it was great, man. You know, to have a meeting spot for everyone to come to. And um, it was life, man. It was really life. And, you know, the firm of the organization, you know, that allowed us to, you know, really uh, get more in tune with the record labels and, you know, get paid to have, you know, a light box in your window. You know what I mean? To represent and, you know, just being at all the functions that we were invited to, man. You know, it was definitely a big, beautiful thing. Um, I will always miss it and always love it. But hip-hop still continues.
1: That's what's up, man. Jim's Lewis talk to us.
0: Well, I think everybody said everything, I mean, uh, All I can say is uh, ditto. I mean... You
1: got to talk about your own your own experience.
0: You know? <laughs> well, my experience is their experience. Okay. <laughs> all right. when, when some of the stuff Buck was talking about, I was there on that, <laughs> on that Eminem run. <laughs> you know, right after that, you know... Uh, we, we took took them to, to Boston right after that, to the, the Funky Fresh and all and some of those stores. So I mean, the whole thing was to get out to everybody. So that, that was the, the great day of the promo runs and folks coming up, visiting the stores, folks that, cause I worked for a lot of stores that were downtown, folks that didn't have a clue who the artist was, but why are these people at the store coming in and out talking? And that was the you know the the conversations and back then, uh, before ZMX the college radio, was really big with underground hip hop and house music and everything else. So a lot of those DJs end up being club DJs and mixtape DJs, and you know and it's great to see a lot of those cats grow and come you know and come to where they at now. Whether they're, they're PDs or owners of clubs or restaurants or other businesses, those those things are you know still here and. Somebody told me the other day that they feel that record stores are going to come back. And to a degree that 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 may happen. Uh, somebody posted something about that. You know, I know a lot of it is vinyl right now. You know, $30 for, for an album. I'm like, I don't know. That's a little too high for me. But, but folks are spending that money on vinyl for some of these projects. So, I mean, what I really liked was the camaraderie of, of visiting town to town, coming to Bridgeport. <clears throat> seeing Pat White Flash, and everybody else going down to Providence and seeing Buck Lefty and Xavier and Incognito and all the DJs down there. And and even when I when I was working for um Jams 910 and even Blaze with uh Philip Duncan when we were in Southington trying to yeah. play a lot of stuff on AM radio. Philip gave <laughs> so, me my
3: start, man.
0: Yeah, so you know, it you know, and then and now with me working with urban influence, are trying to get that kind of vibe back with internet radio and college radio and independent cats, and um, you know certain DJs that are big in different markets. You know, trying to get that vibe back and, and that camaraderie of let's let's build things up and uh, so, you know support each other. So, so Kingsley, uh, my question is, man, so where's my Akon plaque at? <laughs> I was at Chazmo's that night. <laughs> Let me go find the pictures. Let me tell you something. I think I think it was one of the it was one
1: of the hundred-three shows that uh um, them now did. Um and we was in um Akon's VIP room. And Akon actually told Gabi, he was like, Yo, why don't Kingsley have an Akon plaque? And up to now I still don't have a plaque. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's that's the one thing about a plaque besides the program directors and a few others such as retailers who should deserve these plaques. Plaques is just, it's such a, it's such, you know what it is, man. It's yeah. it, it goes into the hands of people of power who really did not contribute from the grassroots of the artist's success, which is a very sad part. I know people that work for labels, like every one of on my street team cast should have a plaque because these people took the artists from a flyer. You remember when we did a Jill Scott project? It was, who is Jill Scott? We, the people, we, the street team people didn't even know what she looked like. But we had to promote her music without knowing what she looked like because that was the whole point. We did a who's Jill Scott, who is Charlie Baltimore, who is Cameron.
0: You remember all those epic records? I I, I remember remember all those, you know, the ironic thing for me, I was working the roots and we were in Worcester but, I, I, we had, and remembering that the 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 uh, m M&M yeah. thing we came to Providence with the roots and they had like the small van and the small yeah. trailer yeah what, what's that club uh oh, and it's right downtown but uh small club holds by about, about 50 to 100 people the first year the roots came out and every year but the second time I think um Talib Kweli was hanging out with them and most staff were hanging out with them and Jill was with them, but nobody knew who she was. And she was just sitting there and I didn't know who she was until she got up and sang. I was like, Oh, dang, I was just sitting next to her. I, who knew? <laughs> so, you know, so you just, you just never know, who, who, you know, when when some of these promo tours and people are going out doing shows, who's going who's gonna to be in the, the entourage with them and to see her there and, you know, and, and looking at me. Okay. well, yeah, that, that was her song. It should have been Erica Badu. I'm like, okay, I see why they had Erica Badu start it off, but she's a whole different ball game than, than Erica. So but I mean, anyway. The stories are endless.
1: This this story came up because James asked me, um, where is his A plaque? I don't have an A plaque on my wall. <laughs> so just, I, just I,
0: I, well, people always ask me that. So I'm like, I ain't got nothing to do with them plaques.
1: <laughs> I'm gonna look at it's a lot of plaques which you have, but we don't have it, and we don't ha- we don't have the answers. Um, let me do a station ID, and I'm gonna come back and tell you guys how how I started. Um in the retail business. This is the Urban Talk Radio, 103.5 FM, WNHHLP. I am your host, Kinsley Osei. And if you are just joining us today on the Urban Talk Radio, you can join the conversation on Facebook at Bowman's and Twitter at Bowman's. Also, you can also stream this show on your phone or computer by logging on to newhavenindependent.org. Today's show is about hip-hop 50th independent sound scan retail stores during the 90s and 2000 era. Now for me, how did my uh catching wreck music store come along? Um, you know, as a DJ making um mixtapes. Um, you know, um, you guys have probably heard my story a few many times. You know, I escaped the, the the streets of Bridgeport violence in '93. I went to the Jack the Rapper in Atlanta. Um, the date um during um during the Tupac time. That was when Tupac was out there acting a the fool, and then in '94. Um, I went to Orlando, Jack the Rapper. That's when Bridgeport violence was like up the roof. And, um, you know, I escaped it. And I went to Jack the Rapper, the, the, the year where everybody came out, you know. Um, I'm not sure if Buck, you went to that Jack the Rapper or not. That was the year Big E, but Bad Boy came out, uh, Death Row, Death yeah. Squad. You you know, you remember that? Yeah. Right? So if he was there, you witnessed the history of, you know, um, you know, you, you seen uh, Big E perform. You Know for the first time on a bigger stage, and uh, I was able to get a biggie drop for or, or my video camera. Uh, mm-hmm. from him, you know, not too many people got a, a, a biggie drop. Buck, I know you don't have a biggie drop, and you have worked, no. you, you you have worked with every artist I could think of, you know. I got, but, I, but, I, but I got the fly right there where I DJed with him. Oh, that's that's even bigger. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's even bigger. And you know, uh, we're gonna have a mixtape talk. Um, you know, on the thirtieth, um, you know, where uh, um, you know, some of these same people on this panel will join us. We're gonna have a street team talk. Um, to you know, I'll set up the day for that. But you know, we're talking about that because um, you know, back then, me, you know, I had my own strategy of doing our uh, mixtapes, and um, I didn't like to talk on mixtapes. So my way of breaking artists is, you know, playing their drop. And then bringing in the music after that. So I had a relationship like, you know, with, you know, Onyx and uh, uh, Redman and all these guys where they see me, they get real excited because every time I go to a music convention, I will have the unofficial mixtape. I will call labels and get all their new records just to play the game and put all their hot new stuff together and make the unofficial mixtape. So when I go to the convention, I will give it to people And you know, back then, you know, everybody needed something to play in their car. And there's music circulating all over the place. Artists is giving away their sampler music all over. So what better is it than putting a music of all the different labels together and everybody get excited that their music made it into yours? So that was the game that I was playing, making myself relevant. And uh, so, yeah, I was making mixtapes, selling them on the sidewalk in, um, in front of the Arcade Mall. And then we were making so much money out there. That um they, they, they shut us down to three days for the weekend only. They said we couldn't be there Monday through. We could only come there Friday, Saturday, and I guess Sunday. So that leaves us with where do our customers go during the week. So we looked behind us and it was the arcade mall. It was empty, nobody was in there. We went up in there, we were getting rent for like $350. We we you know, we did it from scratch, from smaller store, and you know, proudly I never got a loan to build my store i went from very small store collaborating with the oil and um instant oil and um it was oil and something as i can't even think and uh, my man i was selling silver true ah uh, well no, uh, i was selling oil but i had basem yeah. selling oil and i had um you know uh, uh, my man uh, um my man um uh sawi selling the silver silverman the original right. silverman so we collaborated in a little store splitting rent. And eventually, you know, I just built myself into the um into the big store. And then there, there comes a game of sound scan that made us, you know, more official as retailers um, of the game. So that's how mine um, that's how my store came along. Now we only got about 15 minutes. We're gonna have to do a part two to this because it's just so much. So we're just gonna go go down the memory lane. 50 Cent versus Kanye campaign i know every one of you remember that i'm not sure if you was in retail during this time um you know Buck t- talked earlier about how people would come in there and talk him to death but that's just how it went i was running a record store and running a marketing cam- uh, uh marketing uh, uh uh company at the same time so imagine being there and some you know you happen to be behind a counter and somebody popped up and they want to talk to you and you just can't shut them down. You find yourself talking to them for 30 minutes when you need to be back there somewhere on a conference call or putting in an inventory or something. So these were conversations, like you said, barbershop talks. These were not barbershop. The barbershop talks were record store talks. 50 Cent versus Kanye. Who want to come in first? Who remember what that was like? 50 Cent versus Kanye, who could sell the most records? Who remembered that error? And I, I, what that talk was like?
3: I mean, it for me, it was crazy. Again, like uh, you know, I was in a town with a bunch of white kids. So these these kids were in my store every single day, debating, arguing, you know, on those two artists in particular. Um, but 50, his mixtapes were so powerful and so big. It was his mixtapes were bigger than most albums. I had kids waiting for lines, lines out of my door five days a week as soon as they heard a Who Kid tape was dropping or a Big mic tape was dropping. And that particular campaign, um, I mean, it was, I, th- I feel like it was bigger for Kanye on the album side of things, but all, all it did was make 50 bigger on the mixtape side of things.
1: Buck, what do you think? We're going to try to cut our, uh, what do you call it, short. We got 15, we got probably like 16, 17 minutes.
4: And at that time i was out of, i was out of retail i was in the, i was here at that time um playing the records on the radio so at that time i, I wasn't in the retail at that time so i can't speak on that
1: okay um before it, it was it, it was crazy
2: it was crazy you know what i mean uh like uh, chris was saying man when it comes to those mixtapes i think that um 50 had the edge at that point because he was more in the streets right because them who kid tapes was dropping and they just kept dropping, man. It was like, damn, another one, another one, another one, man. And the people just hit it up, man. They really did, man. He had a he had a real, but I think that he probably was maybe the most successful artist off, off of mixtapes, if I'm not mistaken. You know what I mean? Definitely. It was definitely 50.
1: Um, big shout to Joe Winters. He's also on the check-in. Our, um, so
0: Jim, what do you think, man? Um, they they both won. <laughs> yeah end the day they both won Kanye just had different promotional materials that made the album sell I mean the bear thing and all that stuff it was just a, just a whole different a whole different little vibe but you know 50 you had them in the streets but Kanye had the college kids and and those so I mean they they at the end of the day they both won they're still both here they're, they're both still relevant they're both rich. So, for me, it's both.
1: Who brought the most traffic to the stores? What was more exciting during the when 50 Cent released or when Jay Z released? 50 who made, who made that money?
3: Yeah, but you know what? Like, I, I'll say, like, when the J album dropped, it was big, but 50 dropped so much content, so like. 50s foot traffic to my store on a daily basis even if it was just for one record that big mike had or one record that green lantern had i'd sell a hundred cds from one record on a tape (laughs) so like maybe the album drop for jay was bigger at my store but no 50 had people coming in seven days a week monday new 50 tuesday new 50 wednesday new 50 you know, or they would buy an old fifty tape, one they didn't have, or they look for unreleased records. So, for me, the traffic overall was much bigger for fifty than Jay. But when Jay dropped, it shut the store down.
1: Yeah, I think the that's the. Fact. I think the difference with that is fifty. Fifty was was hitting the market. Then you know, Jay was big, but fifty was actually going market to market, backing yeah. up this you know this. this that was putting out. Yeah. He was doing groundwork. Anybody else? Uh, Pat, what do you think? You know What was it for you? Man, same thing. I got to echo what Chris said, man. When that J album
2: dropped, the store was shut down. We used to try to get 200, 300 pieces, man. We couldn't even get no more, man. We would run out. You know, we get the shit early. Um, hey, but... hey, 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 oh, oh, I'm sorry. Stuff uh-huh. early. Uh-huh. My bad. I, I did get yeah. one.
0: That's a, little, that. that's a little friend. You, you, you,
2: you, you had more confidence in me than I had in myself. I knew I was gonna say the bad <laughs> word. <laughs> but but um yeah, so um yeah, that, that 50 though, man. It was 50. Uh, you know what I'm saying? On the daily, 50 was the day bread, but um when Jay dropped, he shut
1: everything down. You know what I mean? What was bigger was than most... what was bigger than the guess who's back DVD? Yeah.
4: Yeah. Can anybody yeah. tell me
1: what was bigger than that? Buck, yeah. what was bigger than that?
4: Uh For me?
1: Or what compares yeah. to the Guess Who's Back? Well, if you can't find anything that's bigger than that, what DVD music compares to Guess Who's Back?
4: I'm going to say one of the DMX albums, when DMX had that summer. Which one? One of the, one of the DMX albums, when, he, when DMX had that summer, when he dropped those albums back to back.
1: Was it a DVD uh, album? Oh, D V D, no, no, no. You talking about DVD's now. I don't guess know. Guess who's big... back? Guess who's back was DVD, right? I don't know. I don't know
4: what's bigger than that. No, no,
3: I don't know. No, nah, there, I don't think there was one for DVDs.
0: None, None right? No. What about James? What do you think? DVD wise, I have no clue. on, on what was bigger. Folks, you know, but back then people bootlegged everything. So <laughs> yeah. people got it. It was like, uh, I'm like, okay. I'm- the come
2: up dvds and the smack dvds was you know was something that, as yeah, far yeah. as the
0: DVDs yeah, day, smack and, yeah
2: you know what i mean but you know when you look at that nah, nah, that joint was um a uh, 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 animal of its own
3: yeah i think that started that that kind of wave though there was a period where even like the dvds were as popular or more popular than the tapes between I the coachy and fendi's dvd and um and smack i mean people were coming in crazy, crazy. It could have for like everybody had a dvd that you know there was 150 dvds on the shelf and you wouldn't even know more. the bum fights and like all those crazy <laughs> i think that that music album dvd kind of started the trend of dvds
1: yeah i did i did want to touch on the sound scam monopoly but uh out of respect for dj buck's position <laughs> I'm not gonna touch on it. Out of respect, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna touch on the soundskin monopoly. I'm not gonna touch touch on that at all. But hey Pat, I always wanted to find this out. As members of the firm, family of independent retail merchants, matter of fact, we keep saying the firm. Um I know this plaque right here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got mine. I still got my J Lo pack right here. The hood, the hood was mad at me for the picture I took with J Lo. Me too. And I'm gonna tell you why. I was one of the first to take the pictures. This is when Didi was dating uh, J Lo, and I was one of the first to take the pictures. And I'm trying to be, you know, very nice about it. You know, kind of, you know, held her, didn't hold her tight. And people look at the picture like, "Bro, you didn't grab on that." I'm like, "Dude, that's that's the, and then after me, people were grabbing on it. yo. Yo,
2: man. I, I told her, I said, come on in here and get this prom picture with me, girl. You know, she fell <laughs> out. She loved that. I, I held it tight. It was, it was definitely a good moment, man.
1: Yeah, that was the, um, when Jilu went, you know, for, for for our listeners, this is when Jilu went diamond and... Um, they awarded, uh, you know, the retailers, uh, the independent retailers, for contributing to her going, um, uh, diamond. But I always wanted to ask this question, and we're gonna end it on that note. I recall when we were trying to branch up. I called for a meeting that Connecticut and and, and the Providence um stores. We had DJ Scope. We were in Springfield. We were in trouble, right? Right. I called for a meeting because I felt like we were so powerful that. We didn't need to be down with the firm who uh, shouts to Marty. It's like, okay, I understand that you come in the game, you crawl and then you got to walk and then you got to run. Right. And now, okay, we came in the game. We learn, we learn through the firm and whatnot, but our money, our marketing dollars is going to the firm and then they Mm cut cut us a check. So that means the light box and the listening stations that we should be getting directly from the label. If a light box supposed to be $400, is going to the firm and they're cutting us a check for 200 150 or whatever they're giving us. And me, I was getting mine because I had connections directly with the labels, but you had other stores that didn't have the connects that wasn't getting there. So I said, you know what? We are about 13, 14, 15 store deep. <laughs> that means if we say that we are not sending sound scan for J album, Jay is not getting those numbers in Connecticut. If we said, we and Connecticut was so powerful with the numbers. When we went to anywhere, they seen us like Connecticut is in the building. So I seen our power and I called for a meeting. We, everybody, you know, I remember it was in Trumbull. We had a VIP room. Within 24 hours of me calling that meeting and everybody showing up, guess who shows up? The owner of the firm shows up at a meeting. Yeah. Now, now I'm yeah, the sir. bad guy. Like now I'm the beggar. My question is, who was the one that snitched? Who was the one that called him and told him that I was trying to shut him down? Chris, were you at that
3: meeting? I was. Of course I was. was.
1: Okay. Pat, I always wanted to find out. Was it was it you or was it Diamond Records? It was one of you guys. I'm calling you guys out. Who who was was the one that spoke to Marty about that meeting?
2: I, I was gonna say I, I didn't have that kind of uh, connection or relationship with Marty, although I knew him and we spoke, you know, regularly. It wasn't somebody that I would call in a situation like that. So I gotta say I don't know who it was. I know it wasn't me. <laughs> DJ Buck,
4: are you hearing us? I'm hearing you guys. I I, well, I, I yep. had nothing to do with that. <laughs> do with
2: wait, that. wait, but wait, so like, <laughs> Weiss is I a got Nothing to do with that. Yep. I I gotta give it up to you though, Kinsley, because honestly at that time I didn't understand the power that you speak of today. You know what I'm saying? I, I was um I, I was real happy with just um you know being uh a, a part of this organization, moving with it. I didn't understand the power that you speak of, you know. So um shout out to you for seeing, you know, bigger. And then also maybe for me at that time for not being able to see. Keith had the best relationship with Marty. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's,
1: what, that's yeah. all you gotta yeah. say right <laughs> yeah. yeah,
2: yeah, that's that's yeah. all you gotta say right yeah i i i don't know nothing man this is just like the uh you know I'm inquisition i don't know nothing i ain't seen
3: nothing. i ain't hear that <laughs> Casey mark was nervous that night though i'm gonna tell you he was nervous
2: who up? oh yeah 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 but you know i wish i would have understood the pop man because i definitely would have sided with more money
1: yeah, I mean, you know, that was supposed to be a lot of money on the table, Um, you know, for we had We just had so much power. And, and, and I I knew, and for me, like I said, I was getting my regardless. And James noticed between every label that we were marketing for, it was that direct connection to retail where I was getting my light box regardless. I was getting my listening station regardless. But I'm like, you know, okay, we came in the game, we crawled, we walked, you know, like why does our money have to go to Philly and then they check her back? To us, but somebody had their own personal interest, and when that man showed up within that twenty-four hours, I'm like, this is not right. And then the people yeah. that called him was at the meeting on top of that. But anyway, we uh before we get ready to sign off, um, you know, I need um, you know, everybody to um, you know, uh, Chris sign us off. You know, what do you have to say for your appreciation to the um, this man, look-
3: retail was everything for me and 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 again they don't get enough credit i know the retail game especially out here saved a lot of artists and when i mean that i mean that by like the labels would see the sales that we produced for them and that late that artist would then get a budget that artist would then get a new deal um that artist would then negotiate i listen i remember working for angie and when we did that that program with the firm in the ct stores and she was number one electra gave her a million dollar label deal and it was because of the firm putting together a program for her sound scan sales and then she hired me immediately to work directly for her afterwards so i just think that retail is responsible for a lot of incredible things uh and generating a lot of money for a lot of these dvd guys and these artists and an outlet for these artists that kind of help break them so i i You know, it's important for me that people pay attention to how important retail was.
1: Okay. I've been alerted to sign off in uh, 60 seconds. Um, August 30th, same time, 11 a.m. We will have Hip Hop 50th Justo Mixtape Award winning DJs in New England. Um, DJ Buck will be back. DJ Craig G of High 93.7 will be back. DJ Big Mike uh, will be back. This is all award recipients, including myself, the moderator, who was also an award recipient of uh, Jasto uh, it Award. And James Lewis, I will be inviting you back because it was because of you that put that New England uh, event together that uh, DJ Jasto came there and presented us with um, this award. All right, so we'll be back at 8.30. And I'm gonna do a segment on street teams. So uh, Chris Very, you will be back, and uh, James will <laughs> be back again. Thank group, you very bro. much, DJ Buck, uh, uh, Big Pat. Enjoy the rest of your vacation. Prince Ferry, thank you very much for joining in. And, um, thank you. Thank you, Kingsley,
0: man, for, 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 for putting this together, man. Appreciate you, man. And we hope so Buck, we're we are do We're trying to put together a gym night reunion before I pass away. So. I like that. I like
4: that. We're going to show all the videos and the pictures.
1: Not all of them. <laughs> Statue of limitation is over. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing is off the table. And, and some things, it never will be over. Oh, big shout to Tribe. Uh, big shout to my man Styles. Uh, his, his his son gave me this uh, this T-shirt right here. I like that. Yep. Big shout. Big shout to my man Styles. Shirt kings. Of-